Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, Chinese people actually really love to brag about the deals they got. If you think about it, in, in the US, if I bought my new Jordans um, shoes on like Black Friday and I got it 50% off, I would never tell people I got my you know Jordans 50% off, right? So I just got new shoes. But in China, if my mom literally saved like $10 on her groceries, she'll be bragging about it for like a whole week. Right. So. So the cultural, like the slight cultural nuances really made it uh, work really well for us in Asia. That was Lin Dai talking about the nuance between cultures. And in that particular case, he was talking about China and the United States. His story is pretty fascinating to me. He grew up in China, but he always had a capitalistic mindset. And having to know how to navigate that at a very young age in a, in, in a, in a, in a country that wasn't as capitalistic was an interesting experience for him. It also led him down the path where he was recruited to be part of this amazing company, which is Hooch. And it's a location-based subscription drinks mobile app. Now, even if you don't drink, I don't drink, for example, I think his story uh, of, of how he basically sought to understand the audience and how he moved into the different environments, how he recruited partners, how he created relationships is one that I think every entrepreneur should learn. You know, entrepreneurship is about understanding the people you're serving. It's about the relationships you build around that. It's also about making sure that you're able to be showing up for them, right? So I hope that as you listen to this, you're taking notes and you're applying it to yourself. Also, um, he's a really nice guy. So if you if you do listen to the episode, make sure to shout him out on social, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you at both of us. I'd love to uh, to hear your thoughts. Enjoy the episode and send me your notes on how you feel like you're gonna launch your business based on his process. Check it out. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's episode is with Lynn Dai. Lynn is an entrepreneur and digital executive with over 15 years of experience. He's currently the CEO and co-founder of Hooch App, the first membership cocktail app where members discover hundreds of top bars and restaurants around the world. We're going to be talking about his entrepreneurial journey as well as what Hooch App does and really just how he personally connected across cultures and how he's revolutionizing the the cocktail industry with his uh, with his app. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you for having me. Pleasure is mine. And uh, now, obviously, I, I was go- I was going through your bio, and then there's uh, there are a lot of things that you've done, and we'll dive into that in an interview. But I'm very curious about your beginnings. You know, what where where did you initially start coming up with all these concepts, and what was young Lynn like? 
you know, what was youngling like and how did that lead to who you are today? Yeah. Um, so, um, this is a really interesting story. So, uh, I actually, I was born in uh, communist China. Uh, I grew up in Shanghai and, uh, um, you know, in kind of the eighties, um, I was going through school in, in Shanghai and, and, you know, as a young kid, um, I would sell, I would bring candies to school, um, and, and, and sell them. You know, it's kind of like I'll, I'll buy Starburst and, and sell individual pieces for kind of, um, to my schoolmates. And I actually got caught by the teacher and they said, like, you know, it's a big no no in communist China, if you can imagine. And I didn't understand why, cause like you're making a profit on, on candy <laughs> at a very small age. And, you know, my parents had to give me a big talk about, like, you know, my teacher was saying, like, you know, I, I have capitalistic tendencies, which was a, a very bad thing to have um, growing up as a child in communist China. Wow. Um, so fast forward, my, my you know, my, my father is a, um, a quantum chemistry professor, and he moved to the uh, United States to do, do his research, and me and my um, mom moved there out with him so at age 12 um, I moved to uh, Arizona and uh, enrolled in uh, American public schools mm-hmm. and high school um, and eventually um, you know it was, was really eye-opening that there was kind of elective courses in, in China there weren't you, you kind of you followed this everybody followed the same curriculum um, you know I was able to take um, a lot of computer classes and then um, you know eventually also kind of uh, in high school, uh, intro to business classes, um, I, I really kind of uh, gravitated towards both computer and business, um, and ended up um, uh, going to attending Carnegie Mellon University um, in Pittsburgh um, uh, early on with a double major in computer science and business. Um, so learned a lot there. Um, you know, I was a nerd and met a lot of other really smart nerds, um, and kind of my my first real company we formed uh, out of my dorm room and we um, ended up building um, a website for teenagers and that eventually became kind of the um, the first ever social network for teenagers you know we had about two million um, teens on our site in 1999 which is about pretty much every teen that was online at that point (laughs) uh, and uh, it kind of grew from there. Um, you know, the company grew really fast. Um, you know, we learned a lot um, on the um, doing the first dot com boom when everything was uh, going up, um, and then you know learned a lot when the market crashed. Um, and uh, I eventually went over to uh, a few major media companies, um, and uh, such as MTV, and then eventually ended up at. Um, Alloy. Um, so Alloy was interesting. Was a team media company that um, you know owned uh, a lot of great properties like Gossip Girl and Vampire Diaries. Um, and uh, my job was um, you know head of um, business development, and 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 we kind of really focused on how to build a digital business for the company for a major media company. So we did a lot of product building um, in house, and and also did a lot of digital uh, mergers and acquisitions. So we we bought a lot of great digital companies. Um, so great experience there. Um, and um, and and after that, um, you know, I kind of 
got a little tired of working in teen media. I was recruited by a, a great uh, radio group, uh, MS Communications, that own Hot 97 in New York mm-hmm. and Power 106 in LA, the greatest um, radio hip-hop brands. So I did a lot of uh, great work there, um, building a lot of digital content and, and, and live stream. Um, and negotiate a lot of great um, partnerships with Beats Music, which eventually became um, Apple Music. Um, you know, all the while working for these um, big media companies, I, I really wanted, uh, what I really wanted was kind of get back into the entrepreneurial world um, and had the opportunity about, uh, you know, I think close to six years ago um, to to join a great, uh, mobile video startup um, out of Canada that I thought was interesting was was pretty much a, a predecessor to what uh, eventually Instagram video become became um, and um, and the company is Keek and you know I went there and worked with a great group of uh, a, a team um, I joined a company as the chief marketing officer um, and worked with the marketing team did a lot of great celebrity endorsement deals. Um, and, and of growing that company to uh, about 75 million users worldwide. So the company was taken public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, and this was about uh, about three years ago. Um, you know, I, I really thought that, um, you know, it's time for me to kind of, I took a half step into um, helping a uh, startup grow to be really successful and and I really wanted to start my own um, project so came back to New York um, met up with my two current co-founders um, they were already kind of incubating this idea and building a prototype for um, this universal drink ticket app so I thought it was really interesting so um, in New York if you go to a nice club or bar um, if you know the owner or manager or sometimes if you know the doorman they'll give you uh, a paper ticket so it you know you, you give that paper ticket to uh, a bartender and they'll just make you a drink so i thought two two things was very interesting about that um, motto was uh one doesn't matter if you're rich or poor everybody loves a free drink you know i literally saw some of my wealthiest hedge fund friends are just like so excited to like wait to exchange their paper ticket into a free drink uh, so that that was interesting. So getting a drink is really not perceived as a discount behavior. It's really kind of an aspiration. You got taken care of by the bar- bartender. Um, and the second thing was really interestingly, you know, uh, selling uh, alcohol at a premium bar is really the highest markup from wholesale to retail of any legal product there is. Um, it costs a bar less than $20 to purchase a wholesale uh, one liter bottle of Grey Goose um, from the distributor and they can make 26 um, drinks with that one bottle. So um, so it, it technically costs them less than a dollar to make a drink and they're, you know, they're selling it, they're charging at a nice place 15 to $20. So, uh, so we came up with a, a subscription cocktail app model where consumers pay $10 a month. They can get one free drink every single day at any of our top, you know, hundreds of locations um, in across 10 cities. So uh, you can go to the Dream Hotel, you can go to STK, um, you select from our in-app 
uh, digital menu of cocktail options, you show the redemption screen, you just get a free drink. Um, so, so we keep the, um, for consumer, you can get for $10 a month, you can get uh, 30 free drinks. That's about $500 worth of premium cocktails. Uh, for um, the bars, once you get in the door, you're not going to just have one drink. Uh, you're going to purchase additional drinks and food, and you're probably not going to drink by yourself. You're going to bring some friends over. So the average purchase is end up being you know, $30 to $40 additional purchases per on average. And our consumers spend another hour, 20 minutes per visit at the bar. Um, so and for for Hooch, um, we keep the ten dollar a month subscription revenue. So it's kind of a win 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 for all parties. Now, so there's so much to unpack there. Wow. So, um, wow. Where do I even start? Let me start off. You had a capitalist tendencies in a communist country. You said that's that was your first introduction. You said to even this business. Where do you think that came from? Um. I don't know. Sometimes I guess sometimes you're just you're just born with it, right? So I I was a you know there's definitely no classes or nobody teaching me to you know buy a pack of candy and unpack yeah. it and selling individual pieces for 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 more um, money than what I bought the bag of candy for. But uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't even like your parents taught you because you were saying because your your parents were even telling you that you shouldn't do that. So that that's definitely the definition of born entrepreneur. So um, anyone listening out there, sometimes a lot of times, obviously in, in an environment you're in might not you know create a apply a, um, a suitable environment for you to do what you want to do. But it's interesting to note that you said you've always had that that tendency. So. Were you able to immediately note the difference once you started to shift environments to see which environments worked for you to sort of explore your entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't even know what that word meant, right? Uh, until I, um, in, until probably it was high school, I started taking, you know, um, computer classes and started taking um, um, business classes at, at, at public high school in, in Arizona. So um, that was really eye opening. For me, um, and I joined a, you know, uh, you know, in retrospective, very nerdy group called the Future Business Leaders of America. It's I kind of it. an after-school program. <laughs> uh, I know, love we it. have we have like, you know, competitions, and you go to these competitions. I was really good at math, so there was a lot of business math competitions, accounting competitions that I will always win. Um, and then eventually. Uh, my senior year in high school, there was a um, kind of entrepreneurship competition. So I had to put together a team um, of other um, kids in my high school, and then we would kind of argue a business case and present to a group of adults, kind of like a very early on Shark Tank, right? Like for kids. Mm. Uh, and then we ended up, uh, you know, winning at the state level, uh, number one in Arizona State, and ended up winning. Um, Number two, nationally, um, you know, you know, entrepreneurship um, competition. So I was like, wow, you know, this is, you know, this is really fun, right? So it's not just doing um, math and accounting. It's really kind of creatively think about how to build a business and present a plan. Um, so, uh, so, you know, after I uh, went to college, I, you know, specifically took a lot of entrepreneurship classes. And, you know, there was definitely a lot of great professors that uh, Jack Roseman from, um, uh, Carnegie Mellon University was really 
uh, a great entrepreneur himself, and he was a professor, and he was like really taught us uh, a lot, uh, and he encouraged us to not, you know, yeah. um, not just uh, go the corporate route, right? So, um, you know, all of us that went to, um, you know, some of the top schools, are still like kind of the mentality is like go work for um, IBM, go work for Goldman Sachs after you graduate, which a lot of my um, classmates did. Um, and, you know, I ended up, um, starting my first company out of my dorm, which is another kind of exciting way. And, 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 you know, I think now, um, almost 20 years later, it's so exciting to see there's another huge wave and, and it's just a whole generation, um, of, um, young professional who really prefer to work on their own companies and their own um, projects versus going to um, you know the corporate environment right and right. corporate corporations are trying to be more entrepreneurial and they're ditching their headquarters and they're moving into we work and they're trying to set up like um, kind of innovation center so so it's all going towards uh, more and more uh, entrepreneurial kind of economy yeah no I, I we are 100 percent right and one of the reasons I was fascinated with your story, I was saying before we even got on to record, is that I did a lot of research on you, and you, you started off with the story on China, but the interesting thing is that your first international market is Hong Kong, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and you have a crazy story with this. Like, the, you said, you, yeah, tell the story about the, 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 the friend you met from Red Bull and just how that just came about. Yeah, so we launched in New York and quickly expanded to LA. So those are kind of very obvious markets, um, you know, in the U.S. And uh, we're very early on. And then I uh, I ran to one of my friends at a wedding, um, and um, Danny, and he and, and he was at a time head of marketing for Red Bull out of Hong Kong. So I showed him the app and what it, you know what we're doing. Um, you know, told him we're very early on, and you know, he went back to Hong Kong and he. He called me and he was like, "Wow, you know, I can't stop thinking about this, and uh, and I'm going to go quit my job today because you are making me GM for <laughs> Hooch Hong Kong." That's I was crazy. like, "Don't quit your job. There's there's no Hooch Hong Kong. I can't afford to set up an international market. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't do it." And he's like, "No, don't worry. Like, I really believe in a project, um, and you don't have to pay me until you know the market starts." Uh, start um, to generate revenue. So I was like, wow, you know, so he did a lot of work. Um, and then obviously, he has a lot of great connections with top bars being, um, you know, being running Rebel for for many years there. So that was a, a great get. And that, you know, and that was someone who, you know, has been in the corporate environment for so long that really wanted to take a chance and get excited about a entrepreneurial project. And he um, joined and really made Hong Kong a great market for us. Um, and we saw basically, you know, very uniquely about Hong Kong is uh, we saw user adoption, user to user referrals and organic uh, virality is super high. And we couldn't figure out why for a while. Um, and uh, another interesting story is, um, so my, I was talking to my wife and my wife is Brazilian and, um, and, and, but, you know, choosing real estate and she took my last name. So, uh, she's in real estate business in in New York, and all her clients are um, a lot of Chinese and Asian clients who basically look up her name and thought she's Chinese. So she deal with, with a lot of Chinese customers. So she tells me she's like, it's very actually 
simple explanation. You know, Chinese people actually really love to brag about the deals they got. If you think about it, in in the U.S., if I bought my new Jordans、um, shoes on like Black Friday and I got a fifty percent off, I would never tell people I got my you know Jordans fifty percent off, right? So I just got new shoes. But in China. If my mom literally saved like ten dollars on her groceries, she will be bragging about it for like a whole week. Right. So, so the cultural, like the slight cultural nuances, really made it、uh, work really well for us in Asia,、um, in Hong Kong as our first market.、Um, so that became really successful. So we're、uh, really happy that, like you know, one we we decided to take a chance、um, in a market, and two we had such a great. Local leadership that kind of took a chance and quit a very well-paid job, and as you know, as did I. So I was, I was, you know, when I joined the Hooch team as CEO、uh, at the time, I was,、um, you know, CMO for、um, for a mobile video company that already was、um, public, so、um, on the Toronto Stock Exchange. So I had to,、um, you know. On my honeymoon, tell my wife that I was thinking about <laughs> <Sorry> quitting my <laughs> no problem. So you know, I was had to tell my wife that on our honeymoon that that I was thinking about quitting my public company CMO job、um, to go run the drinking app、um, that's not funded yet. So because、um, the drinking app is is is, is the future. So the, this this story is, it blows my mind. And I, like you said I was so fascinated with this because I. I love doing, you know. I run a company that deals with helping people and companies connect across cultures, and that is one of the most important、uh, case studies you can figure out with just understanding how different how businesses work differently in different places. For you to be profitable in Hong Kong, you tapped into the idea of a Chinese culture, which is, you said, the idea that you know the cultural nuance works in your favor because people like to brag about good deals they get. It's not necessarily the same thing here, and and it's it's. You tap into that was what ultimately led to profitability, and and that's something that I feel like entrepreneurs who are looking for international expansion need to start、um, figuring out how to do is really understanding what makes people tick and what makes people happy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All、right, I'll do.、It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. dot com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Ultimately, in in the culture they're trying to expand into. Before they start to just think, I'm just going to apply what I do here there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you definitely have to kind of understand the local culture、uh, very well, right? And then、um, I would say, like, part of it is also just kind of、uh, run small tests, 
uh, there's nothing that prepares you better. You know, you can theorize and uh, all you want, but like um, actually deploying a small sample uh, testing the target market really will get you a lot more actual data that um, you know that will show you the way. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. Now, talk to me. Okay, so we talked about obviously the, the beginnings, the full circle story from China to China, and you know, you you coming up with this idea. How did the name even come about? Hooch sounds like a very interesting uh, name. Yeah, so my my co-founders came up with the name. So Hooch is a um, prohibition era term for okay. illegal whiskey. So we really like that because um, you know, kind of. Uh, Hooch the app was kind of a membership only app, you know, and, and Hooch the illegal whiskey is something back in the days you had to go to a speakeasy, know somebody, be in the know to, to be able to get. Um, uh, so we really like that kind of uh, was a good, uh, um, early name for, uh, you know, what, what kind of was, um, a private cocktail society was our branding for the first couple of years, right? So, um, you know, uh, what really interested me always about, um, kind of uh the, this project was not like the free drinks right despite popular belief um you know i actually drink far less now um but it's really about kind of uh how to understand your um preference and behavior and and, and data that uh you know shockingly none of the alcohol company in in the u.s was able to capture um so let's say gray goose really uh, knows that Dream Hotel is their top account. They're selling 10 cases of Grey Goose every week. Um, but what they don't know is they don't really know if it's, um, um, a, you know, a 40-year-old woman coming in, a bunch of 40-year-old women coming in ordering Cosmopolitans or a bunch of college guys coming in ordering shots um, that's, you know, using their product. Um, there's really no way to uh, for them to know other than um, what alcohol industry do is they they do this traditional sampling program. They send in, um, you know, they hire an agency. The agency will hire three girls. The girls will go into a bar and buy everybody uh, a round of drinks. And then they go home and type up a report that says, like, hey, I gave uh, two, um, you know, Grey Goose martinis to this um, Asian couple. They look like they're 30 years old and they said they like to drink, right? So that's the extent of data collection for the entire alcohol industry, which is shocking. It, you know, it's it's literally um, close to a hundred billion dollar a year business, and and this is very antiquated way of, of tracking data. So um, we just put the data right in the palm of your smartphone. So you you basically select whatever drink you you'd like to redeem. We record that. We share that information with the alcohol company. Who in turn will identify you as a target consumer and offer you additional deals. So, uh, so that we, you know, was really what interested me. And and then like really, uh, and 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 really looking at kind of the young professional and, and millennial behaviors, uh, we noticed that um, our active users are all, you know, twenty one to early 30s young professionals uh, with a fairly high household um, average household income of $150,000 or more. So it's really, so we, we kind of um, 
discovered that and learned that it's really people are not really using the app to save money on drinks. It's really about discovery. It's about experience. It's about going out. You know, it's great to go to a nice place and not having to pay for your first drink. But people are definitely paying for additional、um, drinks and additional food options. So, which led us to、um, kind of really、uh, think about like what we are really doing, right?、Um, so, so if you kind of really extrapolate away the kind of the discount and the drinking part, like. Having a drink is really about connecting people. People are like getting back together into the real world, and we really live in an age now where there's so many great apps that literally delivers a what I call a couch economy. You're sitting at home, you're ordering like food to be delivered to you, you're ordering every type of product purchase on Amazon to be delivered to you.、Uh, you're you're swiping for dates, never having to leave your couch. So. You know, it's very convenient, but but we're kind of we, we we have been taking away a lot of the innate human connection that has existed for you know tens of thousands of years that that humans you know really crave. So ah,、uh, so we really thought this is Hooch's、um, a great app to that you have to you know you do get a lot of great benefits, but you have to go back into the real world. To enjoy it,、um, and then that gives you a chance to kind of meet with other people, other huge members, or other people in general at a bar and socialize and and get a little bit back of that human connection. So,、um, kind of an extension of that is what we recently launched, Huge Black, which is a premium tier experience that expands that、um, type of going back into the real world to connect、um, type of idea. Right. So there's. Cocktail deals you can get with a basic Hooch membership.、Um, with the premium Hooch Black membership, you also get dining deals. Right, you get a round of champagne at Tao when you reserve a table through our in-app concierge, or you get twenty percent off your bill at STK or Mr. C in、um, Los Angeles or Beverly Hills.、Um, and and there's also hotel deals、uh, when you、um, when you book in-app、uh, through our In our private booking engine, you get access to hundreds of thousands of、um, top hotels in the world at twenty to sixty percent better rates than Expedia. So it's all about kind of getting you back into the real world, connect, travel, experience,、um, and、uh, and and then there's also、um, events, concerts, a lot of access we we provide for you. So we think this is kind of a antidote to. Um, kind of all the apps that facilitate a couch economy. Wow! Wow! So、uh, I have I have to, I have to sneeze. I've been holding the sneeze here, but um, what I'm fascinated by with your particular approach is you really, with anything you do, you are eager to figure out what exactly that user experience is like. You know, for what you did here in the U.S., you understood that. Generally, the venue is risking one dollar in marketing costs for potential thirty to forty dollars in additional sales, and 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 you're helping them with that by you know getting your app to get them to get that first drink, and basically you know once someone gets one drink, you know the probability of them getting more rises up, and you 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 know you're you're basically making them profit、uh, for a lot of、uh, you're basically making them profit for a lot less of a marketing cost that they normally would have done. And then in in China, you you figured out you and your team you figured out that you know 
the love for discounts is actually something to play upon. And then your whole overall brand here is about my generation, our generation, millennials, and the importance of experiences. Can you talk about that importance of, of understanding truly who you serve? Because I think entrepreneurship is not as, as many things. One of the most important things is that it's solving problems, but it's also making sure that you ensure that the people you're solving problems for receive the solution that they want to the way they want to receive that solution. So can, can you talk about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, your users is the, is, is definitely the number one important, um, piece of your company you should pay attention to, right? So the, um, the user experience of, um, your product, uh, and the feedback on users is super important. So, you know, we definitely put a lot of emphasis on, you know, from day one when we were developing the app, you know, we all thought it was a great idea, but, um, kind of I was a proponent of, um, you know, building um, a great product, but also quickly getting into the hands of users and let them give us feedback on what they really want or need, right? So um, I think very early on, there was a lot of, uh, there's there a few kind of, kind of copycat kind of drink subscription app that came came out after we did. But, um, you know, the, the I think the fundamental difference um, between us and some of the other apps that, that actually eventually went out of business were, uh, we were way beyond about giving away a free drink. So, so it's really built with kind of the user experience. What do users really want? And we very early on discovered that it's about discovery. It's about experience. It's a whole generation of young professionals that want to go back into the real world and, and connect with other people or go discover new experiences. Yeah. So yeah. that is a fundamental um kind of mentality that is very different than you know so very early on we decided we're not a free drink app right so we are trying to curate an experience and and connection and and also um help brands understand um this audience right so it's not about like just giving you free you know having girls go to the bar and buy everybody free drinks and you know, write up a report. It's really about like, what is the consumer taste and experience change over time, right? So if you are a, um, you know, if you are a uh, Grey Goose drinker, um, how do your taste change over time? Like, yeah. do you, would you, are you open to also try tequila drinks? And if you try tequila drinks, like what can uh, we do to enhance that experience, right? So uh, it's really about, kind of building a community um, of like-minded people that like to go out together. So our most successful kind of events and activations is always kind of, um, you know, we do a big party at South by Southwest each year. You know, we had um, great artists like Ludacris and Rick Ross and um, um, Buster Rhymes. And, you know, this year we have Fat Joe perform. Um, so it's really about getting hundreds of people together and all share the hooch experience. It's not, you know, it's always nice to not have to pay for a drink, but the main part is not about, you know, people are buying four or five more drinks at our events and concerts. So, so it's really about getting together and like, you know, connecting with other people that of the similar demographic and, and really enjoy kind of going out together. Right. So, um, you know, the a big challenge with you know with, with successful dating apps 
um, like Tinder and um, and Bumble and all these apps is there, there's a lot of digital connections in app. Um, but on average, you know, I think the stats is like one in six matches actually result in real world meetups. So that's a shockingly terrible conversion rate, right? So you're you're really just kind of um, swiping on your couch and not really getting that real human connection. So um, you know we're we're trying to you know we think that's kind of a need in um, much more than um, you know the need for getting a free drink. The need is to for the audience to really um, having that experience of reconnecting. Um, in the real world. Yeah, no, no, that's that's amazing. So anyone listening, please just just you can, if you can take anything from from Lynch's story, it's the idea of risk, understand the market, but also soliciting for feedback. It's always very important to make sure that you understand that. And if you're trying to expand in a new market, understand the nuance between you know the the markets you're trying to uh, get into is is very key. So Hootrap has is is uh, one of the your backers is. Rosario Dawson, and you've got a huge celebrity following. How did that come about? How did this become something that celebrities really, really liked? Because that's that's quite an endorsement, first of all, from Rosario Dawson, but then to get even more celebrities involved, um, that's quite an achievement. Uh, congrats on that. How did you get that? Yeah, thank you. So, you know, um, I kind of spent 15 years in uh, music and entertainment at, at companies like uh, Hot 97 and, and Alloy that own Gossip Vampire Diaries. So, so I have some connection to start with. Um, you know, part of it is just like kind of very early on, um, we clearly had this vision of like, this is an app that connects a whole generation of people, right? So back into the real world, which we sounded, you know, really re, um, was, uh, we found an audience with, um, you know, a, a lot of celebrities. So we had, um, you know, this singer Maxwell, we had uh, Tyson Ritter, who's um, the, the front man for All-American Rejects. Uh, we had Sean White, the Olympic snowboarder, um, Rosario Dawson. We had um, Stargate, the super producers for Rihanna and, and Katy Perry. So so they all kind of really, um, I think, like believed in our uh, mission of, of connecting uh, people with, through our app, um, and it's a fun app, also, right? So you know, we we work very closely with um, our lead uh, VCs, um, and and one of them is is very connected to um, Blue Scorpion Investment, who's uh, super connected to to a ton of uh, celebrity and and music and entertainment world, who who made a lot of the introductions, uh, which is great. Like you know, we we really loved our investors and VC to be very involved. Um, with the company, um, and um, yeah, so and um, we're gonna actually uh, we're really super happy to announce uh, a major partnership uh, next week with one of the uh, biggest um, music labels in the world. Um, so so we'll actually do a lot more um, kind of uh, celebrity partnerships because we think it, it's a great way to you know celebrities have the uh, reach and power to really kind of. Uh, bring the message to uh, to their followers to to really kind of uh, go out there and connect and do something. That's amazing. Now, congrats on that. And I, yeah, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that because that that's really that's that's been incredible to see your eyes and and just what you've done with that. So, uh, congrats on that. 
And uh, thank you. Looking forward to this. So, where can the audience find out more about WhoChap? What's next? And um, you know, how can people reach out to you? Yeah. So, absolutely. So, uh, if you are living any of our um, top ten cities, um, you can um, go get the Hooch cocktail subscription um, on Hooch.co. Um, Hooch h o o c h dot c o. Um, and you can find out, or you can just search for the app in the App Store. Um, and uh, if you live anywhere else in the world, you can um, upgrade basically to the Hooch Black membership, uh, which covers uh, hundreds of thousands of hotels um, and restaurants, not only in our top 10 cities, but pre- pretty much everywhere in the world. So Hooch Black membership is $295 a year, uh, which comes out to be about a little less than $25 a month. Um, and you can get, you know, hundreds of dollars of savings every time you book a hotel at 20 to 60% better than Expedia rates. So you can um, go check that out at hoochblack.com. Um, and, um, yeah, download the app, um, play play with it, and um, hopefully you'll encourage uh, you to go out into the real world and schedule a happy hour or get together with your friends or or go meet some new friends. Yeah, no, I can't wait. This is good. This is good. I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes so um, uh, so we can definitely uh, we can definitely get that. So before we go, I, I always ask my guests this question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference, right? That's the foundation of everything I do. It really embodies what I believe with cultural competency and personal branding. So how can you, sorry, rather, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Yeah, that's a really great question. I'm I'm glad you always ask this at the end of your uh, interviews. <laughs> um, so you know, I think it is really like first of all, like embrace your difference, right? So um, and and really kind of uh, follow your um, passion. So this is you know, as as somebody who grew up in China, who would have probably never had a chance to experience you know my quote unquote capitalistic potential, uh, I, I really embraced it, right? So not knowing so when I was a, uh, at a young age and, and then really how, when, when the opportunity uh, came to learn more about it, um, you know, I, I, I took the opportunity and took classes, um, you know, in high school and, and you know, joined very nerdy business clubs because um, this is something I'm passionate about, right? So this is kind of a... Um, opportunity now that's more accepted than than ever to for um kind of a a whole generation of um entrepreneur to be entrepreneurs it wasn't so even so you know it wasn't taboo but it wasn't like as encouraged as uh it is today so i think that is definitely you know something that we you know i did that was very different from all my classmates um to kind of give up a really great paying um, offer from IBMs of the world um, to to pursue entrepreneurship, but you know the the world is your oyster, so it's you know your future is 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 what you made it, made of. Yeah, oh, this is good. This is good, and I'm, I'm really glad that we had you on here because you really dove into the, the the nuances of business and the global landscape, but also the importance of taking that leap. And so I'm so glad that that you know you get to be as successful as you are, and I'm glad that. It's been validated as well. So uh, looking forward to following your success and the rise of your company and making sure that, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I uh, get to share you your story as a success story so people can understand that 
it's possible for them as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Teo. Pleasure's mine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. And until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.